Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. Mike McDaniel, a little tied up at the moment. So joining me today, Mr. Rod Baxley of the Fayetteville Observer, going to be previewing the North Carolina Tar Heels season. Rod, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. And I'm glad to be here, ready to get the season started. Absolutely. Well, it figures to be an exciting season for North Carolina. Of course, Drake May coming back. Uh, this is year five for Mac Brown, which kind of caught a few people off guard. And people didn't realize that it's already been that long for him, you know, round two here. But kind of an interesting transition year for him. Uh, turned over multiple assistants, uh, including the offensive coordinator after Phil Longo leaves uh, after last year. Was curious. I feel like there's been a little bit of a, an air around the program since he's been here the second time of people kind of feeling like results may not have been quite matching what the recruiting rankings have been. Yeah. But then again, I've also heard that Max seems like he is as beloved as beloved gets in Chapel Hill. Yeah. Like, is there any sort of heat on him or is there any sort of pressure there to improve results or, or is everything as hunky dory as, as could be? I mean, it's hard to dislike Mac. He's so media friendly. He's always got an answer that's pretty candid. Uh, I think a lot of UNC fans are just unrealistic when it comes to the, the program. I mean, nine wins for them is, is really good if you look at the history of things. Now, you don't want to end the season on a four-game losing streak. That's not good. But you look at the last three years, you sneak in an Orange Bowl appearance you appear in the ACC championship last year. I'm not sure what more you can ask, man, at a at a school that's known for their uh, basketball program. And that's what I figure. I mean, it's it's the question that we get to sometimes of can fans be okay being an eight or nine win program, right? Like yeah. that's 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 really solid results. That's a that's a good outcome for your season. But then you wonder, do people get more ambitious for that? But like you mentioned, especially at a school like this or a Kentucky or something like that, yep. where basketball tends to be king you might not have that level of pressure from the fans to win at the highest highest level yep absolutely that's uh that's the best way to put it and look at it wanted to ask you too again new offensive coordinator this year chip Lindsay comes in to replace phil longo uh longo leaves he went to wisconsin uh to go join luke fickle's new staff up there Chip Lindsey comes in. He's more off the Malzahn tree. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. Are are you anticipating kind of a scheme change here to fit maybe a little bit more of a Malzahn look than what we've been seeing from Phil Longo the last few years? Well, I think Drake May changes everything, man. You can't hamstring mm-hmm. a guy like him, a talent like him. But Mac Brown has said it throughout the summer. They want to be better at running the ball. That has been a focus for the offense. We have to be better. You don't want Drake May to be your leading rusher, especially as talented as his arm is. So that was the primary reason for bringing Chip in. Not that he's, you know, not good at the air raid stuff, but he, he's shown that he can get the most out of a run game, and that's been Mac Brown's one, one of his biggest focuses in hiring Lindsey. You mentioned Drake May, and I, a guy who like him is is on the short list of Heisman favorites, right? And and he's a, I, I think he was he picked as preseason All ACC uh, Player of the Year. Yep. Um, I, I yeah, I mean a guy a very very high ceiling. We've seen a lot of production from him. In your eyes, or has there been any discussion around the program of of development that they're still looking for from Drake May, or is this about as good as you're going to get? And we're going to ride this out while he's still here. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, when you're as good as he was last year, it's hard to look at things and say, ah, you know what, you really need to get better at this. But there have been conversations around his 
footwork and him kind of getting skittish at times. So the stuff he needs to work on doesn't seem as grand as some other quarterbacks because he can make all the throws. He's good at creating stuff when there's chaos around him. But Chip Lindsey and Mac Brown have talked about quieting his feet down, just improving that pocket presence and, and the little things that he can tune up before he does make that jump to the league. And have you gotten a sense, being that they have, again, a, a multi-year starter returning at quarterback, such high hopes, is have they like done anything to try to just cater to him a little bit in terms of keeping language the same? Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of like anything in the playbook, or is it, you know, they figure he can just learn it and figure it all out from here? Yeah, that's a good question. I guess we'll see this weekend against South Carolina, man. But I, I find it hard to believe that they would, uh, completely change everything and from the conversations we've had when we've had uh chip Lindsay throughout the offseason it sounds like they're going to do a lot of the same things just do some tweaks uh as far as the run game pass protection and that sort of stuff so it sounds like it's not going to be a major shift and why would you you know after the success he had last year uh so i don't anticipate major changes just some tweaks here and there the offense under Mac Brown in this second roundabout has been the the, the calling card, right? Has been the the yep. the, uh, the premium side of the ball. The other side of the ball, defense has always been a, you know a bit of a, uh, a touchy subject, I guess maybe if it related to this team. Yeah. Um, we enter year four with Gene Chizik, so I guess kind of going back to a similar question I asked about Mac, like with him, and and especially you know looking at some of the recruiting rankings and some of the the talent that's been on that side of the ball. Yeah. Is there any heat on him to start getting some more results out of that defense, you know, or do we have to start looking elsewhere after this year if if things don't change? Yeah, it's a fair criticism, and and both of those guys, Chizik and and Coach Mac Brown, uh, have talked about the defense, you know, not kind of living up to those rankings. I mean, you, you take rankings for what it's worth. I can't remember what Coach said it, but uh, a coach once said, you know, stars are for hotels and restaurants, and I kind of believe that, but. Uh, <laughs> But when you do get a bunch of these five stars, particularly on the defensive line, you got to produce, man, and, and they simply have not produced. And I think one thing people are forgetting with Gene Chizik is when he came back last year, it was five years off for him, man. And as a defensive coordinator with the way offenses have changed, that had to be like night and day uh, trying to figure things out on the fly. Uh, as far as being a defensive guy, seeing all the things offenses can do to, to move and, and maneuver and uh, manipulate things now. Well, not just on the defensive line, but I think the other group that I've had my eye on in particular has been the secondary. Um, and yep. you had some extremely talented guys, Tony Grimes, Storm Duck. Uh, a number of them have transferred out. Obviously, I think one of the highest profile, maybe uh, just assistant coach moves this offseason was uh, I think they moved on from Dre Bly. Yep. To you, does that indicate like a level of urgency that's increasing there for the secondary to start producing as well? Absolutely, man. I mean, you see six guys leave the program out of the secondary. Uh, and from the conversations we've had, it seems to be on paper addition by subtraction. I mean, you look at the numbers and they don't lie. I mean, you give up nearly 30 passing touchdowns as a secondary. you got to change things up, man. I mean, these guys are consistently getting burned. Uh, not great at open field tackling, which the defense as a whole was not great at that last year. But it seems like they feel more comfortable this year with Elijah Husey coming out of the transfer portal. Granted, he played at the FCS level, 
but he showed skills as a ball hawk in the preseason. He's done it uh, on the field as far as games are concerned. They really like him. They they love Marcus Allen, sophomore, another guy on the outside. And then they brought in some other guys who have kind of been banged up in the preseason as far as Derek Allen, uh, Stick Lane, and, and some other pieces in the secondary. But, I mean, it's completely revamped, man, outside of uh, DeAndre Boykins at the star position. Uh, it's going to be a completely new look. So we'll see if these guys can do to, can do better. Um, it's going to be hard to imagine they could do worse uh, than what the defense did last year. But we'll see. Um, it's, a tough, it's a tough schedule. So there's going to be no hiding this year either. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's take a quick second to remind you about Section103.com. It is the Internet's premier place for all things wonderful, wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. They have T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies. they got a couple of three-quarter shirts. they got buttons, stickers, all sorts of things. Thanks for men, women, children, something for the whole family. Every Georgia Tech fan in your life can use something from Section103.com. Use promo code GOACC for 10% off your first order. Uh, they've got some new things all the time coming. Uh, recently came out with some new player shirts, uh, shirts, you know, shirzies, I guess, as the, as the kids would call them. Uh, things with a logo on the front, a number on the front, and a number on the back, along with a name. They got shirts for both Zach Pyron as well as Dante Smith, who kind of project to be Georgia Tech's starting quarterback and running back this year. So if you want to support those players, I believe they get some NIL money out of it too. So just you know, keep that in mind for what it's worth. Uh, they've got the Junior's Grill shirt. They've got all sorts of great, great products there. They've also recently come out with a clearance section. So if you're looking for some T-shirts or a couple of hoodies for a uh, slightly lower price point, go check out the clearance section. Once again, it is section103.com or at section underscore 103 on Instagram. Give them a follow. Check it out. All things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. Again, using the official team colors, the official word marks, everything. It is all officially licensed. It is super comfortable, super high quality. I love mine. You will love yours as well. Check out the performance wear if you're looking for things to keep you cool here during the summer. In any case, one more time, that is section103.com, the Internet's best place for all things wonderful Georgia Tech apparel. That's it for now. Let's get back to the show. Yep, we, we will absolutely hit on the schedule. It is, uh, it is something, so we'll get there here in a little bit. Uh, Rod, as you look at the roster and you look at position groupings across it, is there any one place, obviously, you know, quarterback, pretty well set. Uh, is there anywhere on the roster that you look at as really the strength of the team, any one or two position groups? Yeah, I know we talk about improving the running game, but, I mean, you look at their room, there's a lot of talent there, man. You just got to see uh, what they can do. I mean, Amari on Hampton. Uh, sophomore that they're really high on expecting him to be a starter because of his I mean he's got like a Greek goddess build great speed I think he just needed to get adjusted to the uh, the college football thing Elijah Green ended up being their primary back down the stretch last year British Brooks six-year guy was slated to be the starter coming into last season before he had a preseason injury that ended the year before it began and then you got a guy like George Petaway, another sophomore who had flashes last year, 
they're going to try to maneuver him out in the slot a little bit and, and try to use him in different ways. And then you can't forget about Caleb Hood either. I mean, he's had success as a running back back there too. So Mac's going to have some choices. I know he said he wants to use two backs, maybe two and a half, uh, but then ride the hot hand uh, once the guy gets hot and just keep going back to them. So we'll see. I really like what they have in that room. Uh that seems like a, a comfortable position for them. Uh, we'll just see how Chip Lindsey can uh, enhance that. I'm curious to know what getting two and a half backs on the field looks like. Yeah, like yeah. you said, I mean, you got that many guys involved and, and probably some different skill sets. You can definitely do some stuff with personnel groupings that can really mess with an opposing defense trying to figure out what you're trying to do, I'd imagine. Definitely, definitely. There's a lot of options for them in that room. So it'll be interesting to see how they use them, but – I definitely think if a guy can separate uh, himself, then they're going to go with that guy. And we've we've talked a good amount about the defense. I don't know if it'll necessarily be there, but again, kind of looking at the roster, if you're looking for an area that maybe is the biggest question marks, biggest liability, is it on that defensive side of the ball, or, or is it maybe something else on the offense? Yeah, I think on both sides of the ball, I think it's fair to worry about the trenches. Um, offensive line-wise, they have some veterans there as, as far as the starters go. But you want to have depth there. I mean, everybody wants to have depth. But that has kind of worried me. So we'll see if they can hold up. They gave up more than 40 sacks in each of the last two seasons. And Mac Brown's not been happy about that when he's discussed it uh, in the preseason as far as like, hey, guys, we are not going to do that again. We have to get the ball out quicker and we have to better protect our star quarterback. And then defensive line-wise, we were talking about the recruiting rankings. A lot of those guys came in as five-star, high four-star recruits, and they simply hadn't produced. I mean, the pass rush, rush, uh, rush stats from last year in the hundreds of FBS. In some cases, you know, the 110s the where you're getting down to only 131 teams at the FBS level. So uh, the numbers are porous on those two sides of the ball in the trenches. And they have to be better if Carolina is going to reach its potential. Yeah, run defense has been a, uh, a, a again, been kind of a sticking point, kind of an issue for this team yep. the last couple of years. Uh, yep. If you look at the, again, now looking at the roster again, um, is there an area where we feel like the starters are pretty solid, but the moment that there's an injury, you start playing backups significantly, it's going to quickly become a, a pretty quick drop-off? Yeah, you look at offensive line, I think that's one where you could have big issues if you have an injury, particularly Corey Gaynor. I mean, the center, he, he's been a godsend for them the last few years. feels like he's been there for, for 10 years, but uh, he is as strong a guy as you're going to have on that group. Uh, then you look at the linebackers. I mean, you have two of the better linebackers in the ACC and Cedric Gray, who has a chance to be an All-American, and Power Eccles, who is going to be one of the star sophomores probably in the league. But after that, they really like what they've seen from Amari Campbell. But and He's a freshman, but Sebastian Cheeks has been banged up throughout the preseason. So if Eccles and Gray go down, they, they're going to have to do some things in that linebacking core. Let's look at the schedule, Rod. And as you mentioned, I mean, it is a, a challenging one. And we're going to find out a lot about this team just in the, the, the first half of September Wrote, uh, out of conference games against South Carolina, they host App State and they host Minnesota. Um, you know, and it's it, it is a tough schedule, but you figure this is this is the team. You know, five years in, big time quarterback. You know, play like all these good things going on. Like 
this is the kind of team that should be able to handle an out-of-conference schedule like that, I would hope. Yeah, you don't schedule these games unless you think you can win them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you have to perform. You want to stay. I mean, you're starting the season in the rankings, top 25 poll. You want to stay there. You need to have a good showing with college game day coming to Charlotte, playing an SEC team, playing South Carolina and old ACC rival way back in the day. And then playing a, a fellow quarterback that's going to get a lot of hype, just like Luke May and Spencer Rattler. And then you go to App State. I mean, it was like a basketball game last year in Boone with both teams scoring 60-plus points. So you know those guys. Last time they came to Chapel Hill, they beat Carolina. So they're going to be fired up. And then Minnesota, first time the teams have ever played. Minnesota struggled against good quarterbacks last year. So maybe that's a chance for, for May to shine there. But still – all three of those games, it's not out of the question to be 1-2, and 0-3 oh if you're not ready to go. I was say, any, any of those teams can probably beat you. Uh, Minnesota's going to be the interesting one because that should be a bit of a styles clash with yeah, a definitely. big physical you know, Minnesota team versus what's been a little bit more of a speed, finesse North Carolina team in a lot of times. Definitely. Uh, uh, each one of those games should be a, a lot of fun uh, from a fan and, and reporter uh, perspective, that's for sure. One of the other quirks that's interesting here, so the South Carolina games in uh, Charlotte, that's at Bank of America Stadium, the, the Dukes-Mayo kickoff classic. Um, looking at this then, there's only four true road games on this schedule for North Carolina. It's at Pitt in September, at Georgia Tech yep. Halloween weekend, and then closing out the year at Clemson at NC State, which, by the way, that's that's a nice little hell of a, <laughs> of a closeout <laughs> sequence there with those two rivalry games. Yeah, it's brutal. And if you look at each of those four places, each of those four places have kind of been a house of horrors for Carolina in recent history. I think they've lost back-to-back games at Pitt. Uh, Georgia Tech, I want to say like three of four, four or five. I mean, Georgia Tech beat him at home last year and kind of started the spiral toward the end of the year. And then Mac Brown talked about it once the schedule came out. But with Clemson and NC State to end the year, I mean, good Lord, you couldn't ask for a much tougher uh, slate if you're Carolina unless, you know, you're going Clemson and Florida State at the end of the year. So at least I guess UNC avoided the Florida State uh, team this year. But, it, yeah, that the schedule uh, did not do them any favors uh, this year, that's for sure. Only two, ga- only three games all year outside of the state of North Carolina, and two of them yeah. uh, are happening before their mid-November, right? So, th- yep. at the very least, you should hope that the team is rested by then. Uh, you don't know if they'll yep. be healthy, you know, or where injuries start yep. to pile up. But uh, conference slate going through at Pittsburgh, Syracuse, Miami, Virginia, at Georgia Tech, Duke, at Clemson, at NC State. So they miss out on Florida State. Uh, but get you know another a handful of the the higher end teams in the ACC. Rod, as you look at this, do you have a record prediction for how you think this season goes for North Carolina? Yeah, I think in my my story the other day we go with the game by game predictions. I had eight and four, and you look at a lot of the Vegas odds and the over unders eight and a half. So when I saw that, I was like, well, okay, maybe we're on to something here. So uh, I think I had them losing to South Carolina because. They've traditionally struggled the last few years against the Gamecocks. I think they've lost four or five. And then particularly in Charlotte, I think they've lost two of the three games there. Uh, Then at Pitt, I had them losing that. And then I had them losing uh, to Clemson and NC State. I mean, State beat them last year with a four-string quarterback, and they still got a very good defense. And they get to play at Carter-Finley Stadium this time around. So that's going to be a tough one. I mean, 
I could see nine, ten wins there, but it's just tough to do that when you, you know the weaknesses of this team as far as looking at recent history. So we'll see, but I think eight and four is probably the safest bet for me. That feels right to me as well. And, and Mike texted me earlier saying he, he felt like eight and four, nine and three was about right. So that, that eight yeah. and a half number that you mentioned is like pretty spot on. And again, you talk about the out of conference. They do get a game in November against Campbell. That should hopefully be a layup kind of game. But the yeah. other three, yeah. I mean, like you said, you could go four and zero out of conference. You could go one and three. Like any of those games yep. is losable. It's so it's just there, there's. I just see a lot of landmines here and, and reasons I can come up with that they would lose a game here or there. That I think there's just a lot of consistency you would need to go to that nine ten win mark. So I'm, I'm going to say eight and four as well. I, I agree with that assessment. Um, I don't. Yeah, you look I don't at Duke too, man. I mean, the the year Duke had last year, I mean, mm-hmm. that could easily be a loss too. That's a coin flip game uh, with what Mike right. Elko's got going on over there in Durham. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of um, again, not a lot of off weeks here, or a lot of just gimmies. Yeah. So um, we will see. You know what level of consistency they're able to come out of the gate with and, and run through the whole season with and. You know, Lord knows that can change a lot as injuries pile up yeah. or, you know, whatever you can't predict starts to happen. So, Absolutely. Well, wonderful, Ron. I, I mean, I, I think we're, we're in agreement here, eight and four. But in any case, you know, it should be a fun season watching Drake May and, and you know, yeah. enjoying him for uh, – we figure what will be the last time before he goes yeah. and plays on Sundays starting next year. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet, man. I, I, I don't see how he wouldn't be a top – Three top five pick, it seems like a layup there as far as uh, betting goes. I, I agree. I, I expect to be hearing his, night on, his name on a Thursday night there in April uh, here in the, in the coming year. So, Rod, this has been a lot of fun. Really, really appreciate you coming on and giving your insights. Very informative. Um, do you want to tell the people real quick where they can go find your stuff? Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. I'll have stuff on uh, – most of my main stuff will be on fayobserver.com. Uh, but it's also littered throughout some other sites in North Carolina, starnews.com, astralcitizentimes.com. But my main hub is thefayobserver.com, so you can find all of my stuff there. And then I post everything to Twitter or X, uh, as it's called now, at, uh, at Rod Baxley, so you can find me there too. Yeah, we're all uh, we're all zeding these days or whatever it is Elon <laughs> wants us to be yeah, right. saying. Oh, man. Yeah. It's, you know, what a time, what a time. Yeah, what a time um, to be alive. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, Rod. Let's work on getting out of here real quick. Uh, we are this, this wraps up our team previews. So we have previewed nice. all 14 teams in the ACC. We got a, a conference preview coming your way uh, shortly, and then a week one preview uh, right after that later this week as we, uh, we record this Sunday afternoon on the uh, August 27th. So uh, we are, we are done with team previews officially, but uh Rod, let's get out of here. Uh, again, in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FTRS Joey, uh, at Mike McDaniel SI, at BC Podcast ACC, or once again, go find him at Rod Baxley on, on X or whatever, Elon's app. Um, go find him there uh, for all sorts of great coverage of North Carolina. Uh, we are on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. You can send us an email to basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the ACC football podcast. Uh, please find us there. Hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button, uh, hit the bell for more, I think is what they say. So please do that as well. Uh, Rod, really appreciate your time. Uh, have a, enjoy the season and uh, we look forward. We'd love to have you back on sometime soon. Yeah. Thanks, Joey. Appreciate it, man. Anytime, as long as I'm free, I'm, I'm game. So, uh, appreciate you reaching out and looking forward to college football season. 
Absolutely. Well, we'll reach out and try to make it before basketball season when I think the uh, the real busyness probably starts. On your yeah, end, yeah. So. <laughs> that, that's when it really heats up down here, man. And the uh, we call it the Hook State for a reason. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, for that guy, Mr. Rod Baxley, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will talk to you again very soon. And until then, go ACC. Go ACC.